This, this, this is God Stories Radio Podcast. God Stories Radio With Fritz, Mike, and Tina. You're listening to WGSR, bringing hope and comfort to the world 24 hours a day. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast, www.godstoriesradio.com. Thank you for listening to WGSR. Become a partner today. Just go to GodStoriesRadio.com and click on the form so we can talk about your business. WGSR, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world 24 hours a day. Hi, we here at God Stories Radio have a remarkable challenge. We'd like to let you know about how you can become a part of the God Stories Radio family with just $1. $1 so that we can continue the monthly ministry. If you want to give a $1 gift to God Stories Radio, you can give securely through PayPal at GodStoriesRadio.com. We will provide you with a tax-deductible receipt for your gift. Thank you for helping us bring hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world 24 hours a day. Hi, everyone. I'm Barbara Beck, host of Welcome Home on Good Life 45. And you're listening to my good friends, Fritz, Mike, and Tina, right here on God Stories Radio, bringing hope, comfort and encouragement to the world through the power of the Christian testimony. Keep listening for a big blessing from the Lord. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Stories Radio. This is session 200. That's right. 200. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? We're celebrating 200, 200. sessions tonight. Unbelievable. Wow. It is. I am so excited. I, uh, Thank you, Jesus. I am beside myself. It is nothing we have done. It's all the Father. Absolutely. All the praise and the glory goes to the Father. And who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? And he's still continuing to let us be stewards. Almost six years and 200 lives, um, 200 stories that we have been privileged to hear and that people around the world have been privileged to hear. I don't even have the words. I mean, do you, Mikey? I don't. Um, What can you say to that except glory to the Father? Absolutely. I mean, like we were talking before and and we never thought 200. I mean, wow. And it all started at the kitchen table. At the kitchen table. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Good gravy. Unbelievable. 
Well, what's going on over there, guys? I know we got a lot to talk about, and uh, we got a an awesome guest tonight who's come in to uh, said he wanted session two hundred, so know, we held huh? him to it. We held him to it, right? Um, and I did some. I don't know how much it means, whatever, but uh, I did uh, some number checking today. I had a little time, and and uh, at the beginning of March, we hit a uh, hundred thousand downloads. I don't know how much that. One hundred grand. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's amazing. It that is. blows my mind. A hundred thousand awesome. people have listened that we know, know about. Right. That we know about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. On Glory one, to God. just on that platform too, right? No, it's all all three that oh, three uh, you know platforms. that uh, keep track: iHeart, mm-hmm. Spotify, and Lipson. Mm-hmm. That's probably probably cover counts them all. Right, but like YouTube, for example, you don't know no. how many people no, have listened. No, we don't. Etc. So that's Fritz pretty does. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got some Facebook likes. Should I go ahead and shout? I those think you out? should because I got a bunch of people on Mixler and people are chatting already. And this, this right. is great. We've this got is. a great crowd on tonight. I wanted to welcome everybody that's listening live on Mixler. And let me see who I got here. I can see uh, Gregory Reese. Welcome. Uh, Janelle Grimm. Welcome to the show. There's several others that I. Isn't, Can't tell who you are, but if you follow us on Mixler, then isn't Gregory Reese coming up as a Gregory Reese is a guest? Mm-hmm. Yes, a guest coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to his testimony. Um, all right, so let me go ahead and shout out these Facebook likes. So we want to say thank you to last week's guests, Hans Petter. Thank you, Hans. Appreciate it. Thanks. What a testimony! Yes, it was. Thank you, Hans. I need to contact you. And then. Question. We also want to say thank you to Edward Jackson. Edward Jackson, thank you. Thank you, Edward. Welcome People to the GSR you know there? family. Yeah, yeah, All that's right. that's one of my brothers Wonderful. from the church. Nice. How about Tiffany Gomez? Yeah. yeah. All right. Tiffany All right. Gomez, thank yeah, you. thank you, okay. Tiffany. Thank you welcome, for liking us on welcome Facebook. Welcome to the GSR family. Yes. Jasmine Seha. Jasmine, welcome. Wonderful. We just saw, yeah, we just saw Jasmine and, All right. and reminded her that... Uh, my wife reminded her I should say that I was going to be on. So wonderful! That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. All right, uh, Janie Pedraza. Did I say? Hopefully, I said her name correctly. Sounds about right. Don't know Janie her. Pedraza. Well, Janie, Thank welcome to the GSR Janie. family. Yes. Thank you for liking us. And Doris Danielle Jackson Shazier. Oh, yeah, Miss Doris. Miss Doris. She Thank is a you. wonderful, wonderful lady. Oh, thank you, Miss Doris, for liking yes, us. Thank you. She Welcome to the baby. GSR family. Congratulations. Yes. Just yeah, had a baby. Yeah, Fantastic. All right. Wow. Six likes. That was pretty good from last week. I think there's more. No, there's, that's no? it. Is that it? That's it. That's it. But that's good. Six that's pretty is, good. You should six feel pretty is amazed. pumped up. Oh, yeah, I do. Really? I'm you should amazed. Be. <laughs> My and, thing was going off today. Ding. Ding. <laughs> I'm like, Sochi's blowing us up, man. <laughs> and anyone this else out there, if you have not liked this yet on Facebook, please do because Fritz needs to hear those That's names what he and says. shout outs. He blames end. that on me, but I, I yeah. own it. I own it. It's really awkward uh-huh. when we don't have anybody to, to welcome in that portion of the show anyway. Right. <laughs> Just new members to the GSR family. Amen to that. Man, well, I got a couple of things, um, a couple of people I want to thank. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have helped us out over the years, and there's some folks that have done, you know, uh, commercials and shorts for us and stingers and outros and stuff like that. I just want to thank some people real quick. I want to thank uh, 
Trish, obviously. Yes. Oh, Trish is still part of the family. We love you. And Trish, if you're listening, we're praying for you always for uh, things to work out. Yes, everything. And, and her friend Melissa, who helped us out a bunch with um, some advertising, and she did a lot in Spanish for us. And I still have a vision for a Spanish GSR. I think it's going to happen. I just do. I want to thank uh, Suzanne Lynn from Z88.3, who did, who did a lot of spots for us and um, outros and things like that and talked about uh, becoming a partner. She sent a few testimonies uh, our way. Yep. Love you, Suzanne. Appreciate you, and thank you so much. I want to thank Mike and Isabella at Music Radio Creative in the UK, the Isle of Wight. The Isle of Wight. I yes, love them. They love have listening. been uh, so instrumental in helping this podcast <laughs> Uh, even to the tune of 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 giving us things, I was I was given uh, a whole set of uh, uh, Mike's presets where I could produce and stuff like that. And it's just the list goes on and on. We just Mike and Isabella, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're part of the GSR family. Uh, Stephen J. I want to thank him. Uh, Stephen J. Voiceovers. He's done a lot of commercials for us. Uh, I also want to thank my buddy Pete in the UK. Pete in the UK, uh, uh, of course, you guys will hear him uh, when you hear the intro uh, for He's the podcast. He's got a remarkable voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. And uh, last but definitely not least, big shout out to Mr. Mike Lohman because he wrote our theme song. Yes, And then he, he told me yesterday he's working on another one that he's going to give us. And, Wonderful. Uh, well, thank he, you, Mike. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. He also uh, texted me today, said he scored a grand piano for uh, Easter. Oh, nice. that's cool. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's uh, it, we're going to gut it and then put uh, j- just bring the shell on the stage and put his keyboard in. It's going to be cool. Uh, I'm going to light it up. Really cool. Yeah. So I just want to thank those people. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we have There's... one more special thank you to Miss Barbara Beck. Yes, also thank you. giving us lots of shout outs thank you, and helping us out. We mm-hmm. so love you, Barbara. We appreciate you for, you know, just praying for us and promoting us and loving us and listening to us. Um, mm, we do. It goes without saying. Give we us just, an experience on her TV yes. show. We just love you. And maybe one day we can come back on and give an update. <laughs> Sounds good. And maybe one day you'll drive over here to the studio. There you go. And give us an update. And give us an update. <laughs> wink, wink. Coffee, coffee. Whatever it takes. I'll bribe you. Mikey's carrot cake. Nobody can resist. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of which, we do have one because we're celebrating 200 episodes tonight. So um, Mike baked up a, a carrot cake. I did. We'll have to make sure to get a picture of it, Mike. Fritz was all about it. He says, I think that's... Uh, it, perfect. Uh, it had to happen. Had to happen. Okay. I know. He just goes bonkers he when does. it comes to your carrot cake. It is good, I do have to say. It bonkers, really is. Yeah. Bonkers is kind. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Almost six years and 200 sessions, Mikey. I still, I uh, wow. I'm just wow. So what else we got? Any countries? No, no. We're no, still new, at 94. No, 94 countries. That's all right. We'll take it. That we know of. That we know of. That's right. The Lord's blowing it up in his his time yep. in his way. And then the guests we had last week prayed after the show and everything else and I think he gave us gave us a little bit of a vision. I think so. What's, I think he showed us what some stuff looks like. Mm-hmm. It really set me back for a minute. I'm uh, like, man, I, I'm not prepared for that. I was on it that. all week. I was on it wow. all week. 
I do. Wow. So that is awesome. All right. Any other business? I want to get to our guests. I, I do want to, too. Because I, I just love these guys. Um, Stephen is uh, the business administrator at First United Methodist Church where uh, I work and attend church. And I just love my family over at that church. And I, I call it a family because that's what it is. And we're we're pretty close-knit. And I don't think there's anything that we can't handle together. Uh, and I give Stephen a lot of credit because he handles a lot of things that, uh, you know, it kind of protects us uh, umbrella-wise and uh, protects the church. And what he does is is just basically amazing and I appreciate him so much. And uh, uh, he also brought his lovely wife, Sochi, and uh, she is a uh, session 192. Yes. And I suggest uh, please get over there and listen to Sochi's uh, testimony, Amen. 192. And she talks about also her, what she's doing currently with her, her women's ministry and stuff like that. It's just amazing. So get over there, session 192. That is Sochi. One would almost say it's remarkable. Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh. That was good. I like that, babe. You're on your game tonight. I know. I wish I had uh, some sound effects pads or something. Probably anyway. sound a little bit more like wah, wah, wah. Uh, yeah. But, man, I so appreciate uh, Stephen because uh, when, when Sochi was here and gave her testimony, Stephen says, I want session 200. Yeah, that was really cool, and so we booked him that it, night. It, well, yeah, and it just it's resonated in my mind that there's got to be some reason he said that. There's got to be some reason it's happening, and it is happening, and we just praise the Lord that he's here. And I thank you so much, Stephen and Sochi, for coming tonight and taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to bless somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's basically been our only agenda for the last five years and 200 session is to bless somebody and encourage somebody, give somebody some hope. Amen. Pull somebody out of the drink. Amen. Amen. Well, thank so. you so much for having us, um, having us back. And uh, to anybody who's listening, uh, you know, the Bible talks about um, your words and how powerful they are and, and uh, life and death is in the tongue and you can make things happen by what you say out loud. So Amen be careful. That. What you say out loud? Amen if you're like, that. if she said, "Man, 200, that's amazing," I'd love to be. I'd rather be love to be here for the 200 show, and that turned into literally me being here as the guest for the 200 show. So well, you gave us hope, man. You messed up. That's <laughs> <laughs> you messed well, up. You know, I've really I was taking some time to reflect this week on on what you guys have done and what you've accomplished here, and um, you know, it's pretty amazing um, the consistency with which you've you've moved. And, um, and it reminded me of a book that Sochi and I had just finished. And I can't remember if I had mentioned this last time we were here, but we just finished a book in a Bible study by a pastor named Jeff Mannion. And uh, the title of the book is called Dream Big and Think Small. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, the kind of the subtitle is Living an Extraordinary Life One Day at a Time. Amen to that. And they spent a lot of time in that book talking about how to make a real impact in the world. You're not going to do something one time. You're not going to do it 10 times. You're not going to do it 50 times. You're going to do it a thousand times. And a thousand and one, something's going to break. You know, it's it's not the it's not the volunteers who serve at a church for a year or two years. It's the ones who are there for three years and don't even know why they're still doing it because they feel like they need to be doing something different because they're almost bored, but they've become so good at it 
they don't realize the real impact that they're making with their consistency of which they serve. Amen to that. Boy, and, uh, and so, I mean, I kind of feel that way with God Stories Radio. You guys are just, um, you know, in here having a hoot every Thursday, uh, but you don't know the impact of what you're doing and the consistency of people bringing a word and a testimony that can encourage people out there in ways that you can't even imagine. Nope. You know, it's just it's just like when you're sitting in a service and you go back and you're sitting with some friends at lunch and you're like, man, I can't believe that. I really got this. And then they're listening and they're like, that's not what I got. I really got this, you know, because the Holy Spirit is talking to each of us. And, and it's an, it's the same thing with this uh, with this wonderful program. People listen and what they pick up from it is is different for each and every one of them. Uh, but an encouragement and a testimony, um, no matter how how you shake it out. Um. You know, I try to get in the Word a little bit each day, and sometimes I'm more successful than other days. And uh, I have a habit of, and, and admitting at FUMC, don't listen to this. I don't want them knowing. I get there a little bit early, and I sit in my car in the parking lot because once I get out, there are no guarantees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bring my little devotional. I'd be lying if I said I didn't do the same thing. Right? I, I go and park under that little tree, yep. man, and I'll I, eat my breakfast and yep. pray a little bit. Back in Once and try to the get, car, man. You're committed. Trying to get my mind right. And um, and I love Charles Stanley. I know. Um, oh, yeah. oh, we do too. I mean, I love Andy Stanley, and I and I love uh, you know all of the 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 younger, newer pastors. But the, something about uh, the way Charles Stanley can condense such a big idea into a really a small biteable chunk. Um, and he was, he, I was reading one of his devotionals not long ago and um, he started talking about how you can witness to the world. And, uh, and he was saying, you know, not everybody believes what the Bible says. Uh, they'll argue about the dates in it. They'll argue about the timeline. They'll say that it was written by man. They'll, um, you know, they'll complain about churches cause they've, cause they've met some Christians that, oh, you know, they're not perfect people. They'll, and, and he pointed to all the different things that people can argue about when you're trying to tell them about Christ. He said, there's only really one thing that they can't argue about. And he said, that's your testimony because you're testifying to how good God has been to you. Mm-hmm. So they can't argue with that because it's your story. Mm-hmm. It's your story. It's your interaction mm-hmm. with God and, and the things that he's done for you and how he's lifted you up and how he's blessed you and how he's made you feel and how he's rescued you in your deepest, darkest hours, how he's given you something bigger and better to live for and better than you think of for yourself. And uh, I just thought that was such a such a powerful statement. I never really had thought of it that way. Yeah, if you re- really wrap your head around that, well, that'll just, change your life. If you're If you're somebody like me who tends to, um, downplay yourself. You're like, I don't have an amazing testimony. I don't have mm-hmm. we get this. That all I don't the have time. that. I'm sure you do, but but it's still your you bet. testimony with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's the most real true thing that they can't argue with because you're just telling your story. And, and I think that's what makes this so special. Always seems to be someone's is what we say out there that that. need to hear what you have to say. Your your testimony, your personal testimony that the Lord built for you is for someone out there just for them. That's right. That's right. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes God's stories radio. So, um, so different, so unique, you know, 
the consistency with which you guys have done it, um, the the constant shifting nature and different personalities and 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 backgrounds and um, it's just got a little bit of something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, that's, what, and, that's our hope. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just I really wanted to commend you and just say that I'm I'm so uh, proud to know you guys and um, you. I'm so uh, excited to be here for the 200th episode and um, and I just. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really amazing what you guys are doing, and I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I communicated that. Oh, thank you so thank much, Stephen. Really we appreciate kind of that. You. It is really kind of you. Thank, thank you so you. much. But it's all Jesus. It Amen. is mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Uh huh. Praise how Father. Many, how many times did you want to quit earlier on? <laughs> oh, lots. <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't quit on the uh, same week, Mike. That's right. Because I there was a couple times I wanted to give. Oh yeah. One time we took uh, almost over three months off. Yeah, it was. Three and months. and. Uh, the listenership grew. Really? Explain that one. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely grew. Three months we did no show. Wow. Three months and, and the listenership grew. So that told me right there, mm-hmm. it's not ours anyway. No, Let's go. It's all his. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that you guys didn't want to quit on the same week. That's why that's why he sends us out two by two. You know, you can't be overtaken as easily. You can lift each other out of the ditch. You can mm-hmm. encourage one another when because some of you know. Life is hard. You got that and right. And you're mm-hmm. going to get down, even if even if what you're down about is just in your own head. Uh, <laughs> That's and, the truth. Well, it really is the truth. Um, you know, you can convince yourself of a great multitude of things, including everything in my life is going wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need someone who, who, in love, can say... Wake up, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Wake up, stupid! It's yep. not all bad. You're yeah, just exactly. you're, you're just a little blue right now. Yeah, Look around; right. you've got plenty, plenty to be um, excited about. But I think we've all we all have those oh, days. Yeah. You got well, that Fritz- that voice on the left shoulder. You got to flick it off. Right, right. Fritz and I were just listening to a testimony, or not a testimony, a sermon by Tony Evans, and oh, he Tony was just Evans. yeah, mm-hmm. we do too. And you know, just talking about the power of prayer and talking about the times when you need other people praying for you. You know, there there's a time that you're praying for yourself, but there's also a time in your life where you need other people praying for you. Mm-hmm. You're not enough, you know, and it was amazing to listen to because Fritz and I have definitely felt in that situation before. We have friends that are experiencing it and going through it right now, too. And, you know, we all stand in the gap for each other. Absolutely. You know, they stand in the gap for me, lift me up, pray for me. And mm-hmm. wow, what a difference it makes. It does. You know, I can't believe the difference and how I feel compared to when I was just praying for myself, you know, mm. and then I opened up to people about, you know, because... Uh, a friend of mine told me, and she's actually also given her testimony as well. So Yvette Lane, this is for you, my love. Um, she told me when you're depressed, the tendency is to just keep it kind of hidden and not expose any light on that. And that's part of Satan's plan is mm-hmm. to like keep you in that darkness and mm-hmm. pull you down further and further into that pit. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start opening up and exposing light onto it things start changing so she encouraged me to talk to my husband about it you know and i did and then he immediately went into prayer mode over it 
And then next thing you know, I'm like, okay, let me open up to my Bible study group about it. And then I've got my entire Bible study group plus my husband plus my friend now all praying for me. And what a difference it makes when you have people, when you're willing to expose the not so pretty to people and say, I'm feeling like this, Mm -hmm. which you know, nobody wants to admit when things aren't great or when things aren't rosy, but it's important to have those people that you lean on, those brothers and those sisters that can pull you up. We're not meant to do life alone. Absolutely. I think especially with with men, um, I mean, it, it's with anybody, but I think especially with men, uh, we see vulnerability as a weakness. Um, and, and it's, um, it's not, if you get the right people around you that you can be vulnerable with, you know, it's really, it's really a strength. It's something that you can, that you can draw on. Um, but that's, that's two of the greatest, you know, weapons of the enemy is shame and, uh, and fear. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's a great acronym that, that I've heard, uh, that says false evidence appearing real Mm -hmm. for fear, because it's not, it's all, it's all in your head. You know, mm-hmm. or the shame of what you used to do. You ever notice in the Bible that they they would still call people by what the you know Simon the leper he hadn't been a leper since he met Jesus. You know, <laughs> or, or you know they would constantly refer back to this old life. Yep, and that's the Bible. The world's going to do the same thing. They're going to call mm-hmm. you what you used to be. Well, you got that right. Your family's going to look at, at 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 what you used to do, or how are the things they know about you that are the things that you used to be. And I think sometimes that's why we have a disconnect with our families because, you know, they still remember that instead of where we're at right now. Um, and um, we all have a past. We all have things that that uh, that we haven't done well. Or <laughs> we surely could have mm-hmm. done, could have done better, um, but that's what he does. You know, he'll try to think you're you're alone. You're on an island. There's no one you can talk to. There's no one that'll understand why you're depressed. There's no one to understand uh, that you feel like you're not enough. You're searching for something, and you don't feel like you're gonna find it. Um, you know, he'll use that to try and mm-hmm. get you to feel like an, like you're on an island, and that's mm-hmm. that's a lie. It couldn't be. The farthest thing from the truth. So, yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it, it, Tina had said something that made me think again, feeling in that position or anything else. And, you know, I would go to Father and I said, you know, I'm praying for a bunch of people. Who's praying for me? Mm, right? And right. With, and then, with in a matter of short amount of time, I'm saying short amount of time and more than once, someone would come up to me and out of the blue, they say, you know, I'm praying for you. And you know where that came from. So That's right. they're That's out right. there and father has them praying for you. You don't know, but they're there. You know, I think sometimes um, I know one of my biz- biggest weaknesses is that I don't spend enough time specifically talking to the Lord like he's right there with me because uh, there's an out, an out loud. You know, there's great power again in, in, in your speech and your words mm-hmm. and the things that you'll say mm-hmm. out loud. And um, and I know that's that's definitely an area where I could do better. You know, prayer and talking like he's right there with me are probably the two things um, that I need to do a better job at. And I'm always amazed uh, with my wife, Sochi, and I tell her all the time, I was like, he just loves you more. And she's like, stop it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I but she, but she, 
She talks to him right. like he's right there, mm-hmm. and she will cra- she will pray the most crazy specific, um, you know, nonsense to any like normal person because it's not their issue thing, and then like ten minutes later or a week later or whatever it is, in a very specific way, he'll answer it. Mm-hmm. You know when it, that shouldn't have happened. There's no way that should have happened. God, I don't know how to bring this conversation up. Have that person call me out of the blue and start the conversation so we can talk about it. Three days later, hey, Sochi, I really just need to talk to you. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. what? Yep. <laughs> all wow. the time. All the time. And yeah. I look at her and I'm just like, I got to start being more specific. Uh-huh. This is just incredible. Well, I know, right? right. Well, that, and that's the only way I do it. Out loud. Prayer. Wherever it is, whatever it is, I read the Bible out loud. Um, Charles Stanley, I got it from Charles Stanley that, you know, when you hear your words, you hear them. Don't just say them in your mind, but when you hear them, it makes a big difference. And ever since then, I do it all out loud. Well, I think that's what the, what he means when he says to pray without ceasing. And that just means to carry him through every facet of your life and uh, for him to be involved of every facet of your life. Mm -hmm. And you can just talk to him now. Uh, some things require corporate prayer. Some things require you hitting your knees because mm-hmm. they're serious. And Tony Evans talked about that when they prayed for the the child with cancer. Mm-hmm. He said it was business time. They took off their jackets. They hit their knees right there on the hospital floor. And, uh, you know, that's different. But when you just walk and talk with the Lord, I think there comes to a point where you just kind of sense his will. You know what I'm saying? Man. And, and uh, that's, Great, because that's uh, that's a prayer God has to answer, you know, I mean, as will. So, mm-hmm. did you have a testimony? Yeah, really. Have? I was just gonna say that because, <laughs> brother, you got us started. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good at that of of, of shifting and distracting. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm gonna tell you right now. You brought your preach on in here. You just started right in. You got us started. So I'm fired up, man. I'm telling you what, I could go on about this. this is awesome. But uh, mm-hmm. I really, really do want to hear more about. <laughs> you <laughs> well um all right so a little bit about me um i come from a from a pretty typical family i was born here in central florida at a little hospital in eustace that's not even there anymore and uh and have a whole bunch of family that is you know up there in north lake county and um um mother and father dad was married before and and, and had a bad marriage and 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 um so bad that when he went to court with to, about custody for his two kids, um, now you got to think this is 45 years ago, the judge said, no, I really think it's best if the children stay with their dad full time. That's wow, how, that's unusual. It, especially for, you know, mm-hmm. like 45 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was bad. It was a bad situation. And then um, about that same time, my, my mom, uh, she was pregnant with a little girl and... Um, and she met my dad and they both needed somebody. You know, they both they both needed they wanted someone to be around for their children. They didn't know how to do everything right, but they knew that was probably gonna be better than trying to trying to go it alone. And so uh so they got married, they did that for a couple of years. Things were rough, uh, as they are in the first couple of years of marriage and especially with blended families. And um and then they said, you know, we know what'll help everything. We'll have a baby together. <laughs> uh, that fixes it. That fixes everything. Oh, sure. that fixes yeah, it'll just bring everybody together. Uh, yeah. 
and so um so i was born and uh and um they they had a uh a, a rocky next couple of years and um you know i wasn't you know consciously aware of all the problems i was probably about 7 when they got divorced and um you know but i but i do remember very vividly the conversations around that particular period of time uh, and that they were going to take some time apart, which I knew meant probably not get back together, even in my seven-year-old brain. And um, so my parents separated. I ended up staying with my mom during the year, during the school year. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, mom's probably a little bit more stay on top of me and dad's a little more fun. Maybe I'll stay with him during uh. the summers. I'll stay with mom during the year. Um, neither one of those things was exactly true either because... Mom, mom can be a, a ton of fun, and dad, dad's a lot of fun. But he worked a lot, so in the summers, I ended up staying with some of my older siblings a whole bunch as well. And um, so that definitely that shapes your shapes your life. I went to a bunch of schools, um, you know, probably at least ten schools growing up. Wow, um, that is a lot. You know, moving around, and you know, she would she would take the work that she needed to, and and we would move around a bunch and um you know in previous years before I had my own kids I think I was a little harsher of my parents and uh and kind of the way things went um and now looking back on it I don't make any excuses like they did everything right because they didn't uh but I do look at that and I say you know what I know they meant the best right and they tried their best um and so that's that's sort of where I am with that so, um, my mom was going to move out of state to Memphis of all places. She had a sister living in Memphis and I was like, yeah, I'm not moving to Memphis. I'm just not, I'm not going to do that. And, um, cause I don't know, I had this idea that Memphis was just Elvis and hillbillies. <laughs> and then I later I went to visit Memphis is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's not at all. Place. It's not at all like that. It's right? a cool little town. I gotta yeah, say. I was, I was wrong. I take it back Memphis. I'm so sorry. I need to come back and visit again. <laughs> but I convinced my mom, well, let me stay with my, with my grandmother. Um, you know, cause I could stay with my dad, but he lived, you know, way out in the woods and I would have had to go to Weirsdale. Uh, but if I stayed with my grandmother, then I could go to school with my two cousins. And I had, Two cousins, um, multiple cousins, but these two cousins were brothers. One was a year older and one was like a year and a half younger. They both went to Umatilla High School. And I said, that would be good. You know, I got to hang out with them during the summers. They really were more brothers than cousins. And I thought, this will be, this will be amazing. And so I stepped into this world at Umatilla um, and um, I was a fish out of water. But I was used to that because I had been to a bunch of different schools. Mm-hmm. Um what I was not used to was being typecast immediately upon them meeting me. Um, Cause when I'd go to a new school, they didn't know anything about me. I could be anybody I wanted. Ah. I could be the laid back guy. I could be the smart guy. I could be the sporty guy. You can, you can be whatever you want when nobody knows anything about you. Um, but I had two cousins that they had been going to school with since grade school. They had never been anywhere else. And um, you know, they walked around like demigods on campus. And so the popular people would talk to me, but wouldn't really be friendly, friendly because they hadn't known me since grade school, you know. And then the unpopular people would, you know, uh, 
not really know if they could talk to me because, well, you're you're one of those Elmores, and I'm like, I'm just a regular, I'm just a regular guy. So I had some some interesting years there, and um, I ended up being uh, student government senior class president the final year. Um, I went to Lake Sumter because I had a full scholarship from that, and um, and I met this beautiful girl mm-hmm. that uh, hated me immediately. <laughs> oh, she's kicking me right now. So I'll tell that story. Oh, she still hates you. Oh, I'll no. tell that story. Go listen to what was it, 192? Yes. Yeah. Go listen to 192. We, listen to 192. We, 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 You'll know we, all the issues, we the, recapped, the dirt about the Elmore. We recap right? some of that there. Um, but really, I look back on that time, and, uh, and, and you know, God's just so good to you. Amen. He, he'll, he'll give you the thing that you don't even know that you need. Mm. And, um, and so I had this girl and, and, um, she challenged me and we talked about faith and she challenged me on the way that I was walking and, uh, you know, you don't really do that in the South. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, 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 well, do you go to church? Okay. Well, you're good. You go to church, you know, but there's not a whole lot of, yeah, you go to church, but I've noticed the way you interact with people and the way you talk. I don't really line up with what I think about. And it's like, whoa, you're getting really personal. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm the kind of person that I think God knows that I needed to be challenged. You know, yeah. I needed somebody who was going to keep me accountable and um, be an example and and push me and and see something in me that I don't always see in myself. And uh, and my beautiful wife, so she's always been that for me. Um, she constantly says the most wonderful things about me if anybody knows her mm-hmm. they know that is true i believe that um, <laughs> we've got to witness I, it. just knowing her Man. for as long as we have i even totally even, believe that even that beginning statement of encouragement to you guys that is something i have learned from her mm-hmm. mm. to be an encourager and wow. to say not that i never thought those things but i think a lot of times especially as men we think of like a thousand great things about our wives a day we might say one every three or four days. Yeah, you're right. When if we just would say the things that actually are already on our minds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, girl, you look good. You know? <laughs> oh, I love the way you do that. Thank you so much. You know, if we just said the things we already were thinking, uh, how much more? I you know there was a pastor the other day who preached a message, and, and he ended the message, and he said, um, this is Pastor Winston from my church. He ended the message, and he said, if your spouse ever leaves your presence after having a short conversation with you and does not leave feeling better than when they came into your presence, you've done something wrong. You missed an opportunity. Wow. And I was like, wow. Mm. And everybody in the room kind of was like, oh. <laughs> they so deserve that too when you when you think about it. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, they're doing they're doing everything. Uh to help make us better. If you've got a good oh, woman, yeah. if you've got that Proverbs 31 woman, they're doing everything they can to make you the very best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, we both went away to college. Uh, she went to the Baptist College of Florida. I went to the University of West Florida. Uh, you know, I studied communications. I really thought I was going to be in advertising. And um, I went straight through summers and everything so that I could finish a little bit ahead of her and yeah. get a place. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, you know, she was a counseling major. We were going to stay living somewhere else to establish that marriage relationship. And then 
her brother was killed in Iraq. And that changed everything, the entire timeline. We were going to stay gone four, five, six years. When we were ready to have kids, we'd move back. So her parents could help with the kids. And we had this whole, you know, best laid plans. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all that was immediately out the window. I mean, we we came down the same day. I had some great employers. I think I was here three weeks. I had to come back. I stayed back a month by myself while she stayed with her parents. Um, I think we had to borrow money for the U-Haul. And a bunch of our college buddies like helped drive us down and deliver everything and then go back. And we came with nothing. Mm-hmm. And we moved in with her parents, which... Basically, for some newlyweds, it's just the dream right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and but we were so fortunate, you know. When you get some perspective on things, you look back and you're like, "Man, we, there was nothing else we could have done if we would have been staying, yeah, you know, some terrible place." Exactly. You know, both of us looking for jobs, and so um, both working, everything was good. Um, and then I had a job where. Um, I found out they were stealing some some money, and uh, and I and I told my employers I said they're the manager's stealing money, and they said well we'll look into it and I gave them some time to look into it and I went back and then said, you know, did you look into it? And they said yeah, I mean we looked into it but they're really productive and I'm like, you're not going to do anything. And they said nope. I said I'm out. I can't stay. And they're like, why? Why would you? You're making good money here. You've you've moved up. You're gonna be the assistant manager. And I was like, until what? Enough money goes missing that you're, you know. So yeah, right? so I left. Not worried about it. Never never not been without a job ever. We're putting groceries on credit card, you know, paying for things. Never 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 since um you know first year of college and I had a job, and even in high school I was always working for my uncle or doing something else. Always had money, something going on. It was 10 months. Wow. Before I found a job. 10 months. And um, the first job I could find was a cleaning job in the middle of the night. So I was cleaning a retirement community from 9 o'clock at night and 7 o'clock in the morning. Got to do what you got to do. And in the midst of all that, um, we got pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Timed that one perfect, didn't you? Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, and we had spent a, we had spent a long time trying to get pregnant. It was sure. not it was not an easy thing, and um, so we were so excited, but also nervous. Mm-hmm. I remember one night she was like, "I'm gonna come with work to work with you tonight," and I was like, "Girl, you are seven months pregnant. You are not coming <laughs> to help me clean." And she was like, "I want you home, just for a few hours. I want you home with me. I'm gonna come clean, and we're gonna." come home so you can get home early and uh i remember cleaning and just feeling just guilt sure she was the, she was the only one making i say decent money but she was working in the library at the time it wasn't really decent money but it was the best money we had sure and by this time we had moved into a place and that was a, a god story all in itself on how we had got into that house and had built a home and uh and now we were struggling to 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 keep it and um and i just had just incredible guilt uh, about that, um, she had a baby, had had the baby, our baby Jude. He's ten ten years old now. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you how long ago this is mm-hmm. story has taken place. I got a better job, and then um, 
kept that job. It was a little bit of a drive, but it was a it was a it was a good job for a good Christian publishing company, self publishing, SPS Publications over in Eustis, Florida. And I was still cleaning because now I'm paranoid. So I have two two jobs going at one time. Oh wow! I cleaned for that cleaning company for the next like six years. Wow! Um, doing things on the weekend because they have smaller jobs. That one that I had was a pretty mm-hmm. heavy duty job. But I mean, I I I cleaned forever because I was never going to be without something again. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, she went back to work for a couple of months, and we were doing the math on things, and she just said, you know, um. I'm going to work full time. We're going to have to eat out a little bit more because I'm working full time and you're getting home late because of the drive. And um, I think I'm going to clear about 50 bucks a week. And I said, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. After we pay for childcare and the food and everything, I think I'm going to make 50 bucks a week. And she was like, just crying. She's like, I, I don't want to leave my baby for 50 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So we prayed about it and really thought about it. And, um, and this is the first time that I really remember laboring in prayer over something with God, because, um, I thought the idea of her staying home really was crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And she had kind of mentioned some things, man, that would be really, really great to be able to do that. And I'm like, yeah, it would be if I make an honor grand. Um, <laughs> you know, and that was way before we had a baby and here we are in this moment and we had just come from this very traumatic, um, broke, you know, I won't say poor because that's, that's the wrong mindset. We, we were broke at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and we just were starting to get back on track. You know, we'd had all this credit card debt and we had kind of shut everything off and we're trying to climb our way out. And, and I had known about Dave Ramsey since I'd been in college you know, and had known some of those principles and was kicking myself that we had got into such trouble. And, um, but we really stepped out on faith and said, we're going to do it. And, and she's like, but you're going to have to work extra. I said, I know I'll find something. So we had a rough couple of years really doing that and couponing and, um, eating leftovers two, three, four times, took a car, sold it, um, thought I was going to take a loss on it, you know, but really just sat down with, with some Dave Ramsey financial planners and they're like, we're not sure this is advisable, but if you're going to do it, like you have to sell the car, you got to sell one of the cars. And, uh, I think we cleared it with like a hundred bucks. Wow. <laughs> Which I was like, wait, hey, we're positive. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Thurston's auto. I don't even know if you're still around, but yeah. Mr. Thurston. I really don't think the car was worth it. I really don't. (laughs) I don't. But I I think he just looked at me and was like, this this kid's drowning. I can see it. Yeah. He's Uh, a Christian too. Yeah. We know them. And so, um, you know, we did that. And there was a time and point where I was working five jobs. Wow. Wow. To make ends meet. You know, a lot of of part-time jobs. and, And even... I would switch things around. I'd be like, well, I'm going to let go of this one and I'd pick up one over here. But it was always like this conglomerate of jobs and schedules and working uh, long hours. I bet. You know, so at one point I was um, I was serving at Red Lobster. I had started my own graphic design business. And like when you got projects, it's, you know, awesome. Got projects. Uh, but that wasn't all the time because we were trying to grow the business. So serving, graphic design, 
I was on city council and mascot for almost a decade, and I was probably the youngest person ever elected there. Um, and I counted that as a job because I certainly spent enough hours, but you got a stipend amount for the month. And yeah. if you do the math, you're making like a dollar twenty an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Ouch. You know, um, and then I was cleaning USB bank every weekend. That was one of the things that I held on to to the till the very end. And then I was the communications director for New Beginnings uh, wow. for about two years. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, well, I got 10 hours over here, and I got 15 hours over here, and I got 15 hours over here, and I got 20 hours over here. And I was working about 60 hours a week, you know, trying to scrape together enough to make it work. And meanwhile, my poor wife, home, I've got to have the car. It'd be one thing if I yeah. had. It'd be one thing if I had one job and she could drop me off and pick me up at the end of the day. I was going to five different places. I had to have the car. I had mm-hmm. to have the car. Yeah. For two years, she was stranded. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was two years, right? It was at least two years. It might have been a little longer. And um, she was she was stuck, you know. And and especially for a, a first time mom, first baby, there was all kinds of stuff with that. I'd come home. She'd be desperate to talk to. Anybody who doesn't, you know, uh, need a pacifier or <laughs> a bottle. And I'd be like, I can only imagine. I'd wow. be like, I just, I don't know if I can. Yeah. I don't know if I can't, but I, you know, I could see she needed it. And so we really had this trial where, you know, we were relying on God so heavily. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back now, I can see him as some of the most wonderful moments where God was showing his faithfulness and, um, you know, I don't love the King James version of the Bible translation, but some of the things that they have in there, loving kindness, mm-hmm. you know, whether they press those two words together, there's no other way to say that, you know, the, the, the love that he showed and the faithfulness that he showed in, in those, in those days and hours when, you know, I would sit down to do the, the budget, do our tithe off the top. Figure out everything. I'm $150 short. $150 short. I don't know. What, I don't know. You know? Um, and we always paid everything. Yeah. We always paid everything. And uh, and that was that was one of those things that had started early on in our relationship. I grew up in the church. She grew up in the church. She's a PK kid. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just, that's a joke I always say. She, she's like, why do you say that about the PK kid? <laughs> Um, and so I grew up hearing about tithing and, and everything, but I had never um, really actively paid attention to see if any of the adults in my life were doing it. And then when I started to make money, I was like, oh, yeah, it's easy. It's it's a dollar. And then you <laughs> get your first real check and you're like, that's a hundred dollars, you know, but that was really something that we committed early on that yeah. we were going to take very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still today, God has been so good to us. Um I'm in charge of the stewardship ministry at my church. And so I line up the speakers that we have for that. We do like a short little three-minute devotion every single service on stewardship before we take the offering because it's a big deal. Um, and, and we're tithers. And uh, and God is God is just showing himself an incredible faithfulness. I mean, literally, I can go back and show you old budgets that are straight up $150, $200, $300 short. And those months... We made it. We made it. We made it. We've had those months where we just look at each other and went, I don't know how that happened. Uh-huh. Been there, done that too. Yeah, exactly. 
So, and, and I mean, you know, I don't know how long I've been talking for already at this point, but I'm, there's so many stories that, that really just show God's faithfulness, you know, um, when we were ready to get another vehicle, we had injured our credit, of course, with all that mm-hmm. credit card stuff. And, um, we had been trying to save up some money and, you know, tax time was coming around. I was like, okay, if we take the money that we saved and we take this and da da da, and, and this was right when Craigslist was kind of at its apex, right. and people were buying cars, and then you I mean you could buy anything. We saw this car on there, and uh, and we went to go go look at it, and it was for us, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be a really nice car. It was an older version of a Sonata, and um, I wanted to think about it. I'm a processor. Mm. Sometimes to my very detriment, I will overthink it to the mm-hmm. death. I know, like, I know somebody like that. Oh man, it'll be like three years. She happens to be really close to me. It'll be like three years. Somebody will be like, "You're still looking at that?" Well, yeah, I'm weighing out my options. They're like, "It's been three years. I don't think you're weighing your options anymore." But I'm a processor, and this guy was like, "Well, now I got somebody coming down from Georgia. You know, if you want it, I'm going to need a deposit." And he made the deposit big enough. To hook you. I, that I felt like committed. And we had to travel down south to visit some some uh, family. There was a funeral that had happened. Went down to Miami. And on the way back, the guy was calling like, are you coming to get this car? And I'm like, yeah, man, we're going to come and get it. And I just, I, you know, I had this terrible feeling. And uh, even in my my young self there, I didn't quite realize. I was like, uh, you ate something bad. I, I see it now after much more training at a at a you know a bible believing church that really spends time discussing and and going through and 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 really expositorily looking at the word that was the holy spirit saying don't do that mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't care if you put a 600 hundred dollar deposit now don't do it mm-hmm. um so i paid the guy gave him the money uh it felt wrong he had trouble getting the documentation together. He met us at a gas station. Oh. Um, he and said, there's not much gas in it. You're going to want to put some gas in it. Tried to put gas in it. It kept cutting off when I was trying to put gas in. Look up. Guy's nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Wow. Not anywhere. And it, it had been beautiful before. When we test drove it, AC, everything was fantastic. AC shut off on the way home. Uh, started overheating when we got home. Good Drove it around grief. another two or three days, and it shut down four or five times. And Sochi's mom, she's a wonderful giving woman. She gets AAA for the kids at Christmas. That's They're always like, this is what we're getting, but we <laughs> use that AAA. Yeah. Especially in those years. They lost, they lost money on us. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was so bitterly angry at this man i i would have physically hurt him had i been able to find him Mm -hmm. so that was god sparing me as much as him i think that i couldn't Uh. find him um and i was like i'm gonna have to go and find something we'd been to every dealership in orlando Mm -hmm. nobody would talk to us Mm -hmm. and i said i know i i I, i'm gonna go over here to this to this dealership and see this guy you know um i'm just gonna go see just gonna go see and she was like, do you sure the car is going to make it there? And I'm like, it'll make it there. Got on 27. It shut down in the middle of nowhere. I had a water bottle in my car like this little water bottle here. I had to hike over to a house, fill it, 
and go back, put it in the radiator like seven times to get it cooled down <laughs> enough, enough water in it. I got all the way over on 441, right there by that old service merchandise and all the car dealerships, right. and it shut down there. Mm. I had to call the tow truck to finish towing it to the dealership. Uh. And I showed up, and they're like, and, well, first, I called the tow truck, and then I walked the rest of the way. And they found me something. There was a really guy, a nice guy there named Jonathan Beckles. Shout out to Jonathan if he's listening. Awesome guy. He's not selling cars anymore. And he was like... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get this done. I said, "Man, I love your confidence and enthusiasm. <laughs> Nobody has been able to to get me done." And he said, "Listen, I know the finance guy. He's like, it's gonna be a terrible rate. I'm gonna get this done for you. I promise you, we're gonna make it work." He's like, "Do it. Pay it. Be consistent for two years. Go back to your credit union, refinance." He said, "You'll get into a car that's not gonna break down. I don't know another way to do this for mm-hmm, you." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Try it, man. There's no way." There's no way. And he was like, you got to trade in? I said, I'm going to have to tow it here. I told you about it. I'm going to give you $2,000 for the trade in. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I had to tow the car in. He got the deal done. We left with a 09 Hyundai Elantra, which I still drive around today. Wow. In. Um, they <laughs> they were so mad at him. that <laughs> he. We gave $2,000 for that. They couldn't get it started. I talked to him like two, three weeks later. He's like, we had to push it down the line <laughs> over it. We couldn't never, we couldn't get it. We never could get it started again, even to take it to auction. We had to push it. We had the same experience with my oldest son's first car. We were taken so bad oh. to the tune of almost $8,000. Oh, yeah. And it was the most expensive paperweight in the driveway ever. I mean, it's just the worst feeling ever to know it that is. you're taken advantage of. It is. I still think about it to this day. Oh, I, if I see a picture of the car, I call it El Diablo. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so serious. And, and for somebody, um, I can, I can, I have a week, if I have a weakness, one of my weaknesses, I can be a little prideful. You know, you think you're too smart. So for somebody to t- literally take you like that will humble you. So oh, quick, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that was God showing His faithfulness. Yep, to me, you know. So fast forward a lot of years, I'm doing all those jobs, you know, and every couple of years, um, okay, drop off the oldest one. All right, I'm gonna pick up another one, but it's a little bit better. So I'm, we're slowly gaining some ground. So she and I have another baby, which is a whole miracle story in itself that we won't go into because there's not enough time. And uh, but it's good. It's good. I think it's good because it's my story, right? We'll have you back. That's right. <laughs> so part um, two. Part two. Um. So I'm thinking about all these jobs, and I'm like, if this baby doesn't sleep like the first one, I might die. I might <laughs> just I might just be at one of these jobs and fall over dead. So um, and such had been been on me because at this point I really didn't have to have that many jobs. I still needed three jobs. I, that's no lie. But I had been carrying so many for so long because I was I was paranoid, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You can let the bank go. You don't make that much cleaning that one bank on the weekend. You can let the bank go. You've done your time with city council. You got them through the worst eight years in the history of the city. Do you really need to be on city council? They don't listen, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's just a voice crying out in the wilderness. Don't do it. Don't spend that." <laughs> That's kind of what I do now. Um, 
But um, so I let some of those go. I was down to three jobs and uh, and constantly trying to look for something better. And and the great thing about the city was I had all had all this um, real life exposure to things that I had studied and dealing with very large budgets and dealing with HR policies and procedures and just stuff I wasn't going to get serving at Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was in their pre-management program and they were grooming me to be a manager, but I wasn't getting to do that stuff yet. But at the city, that's all I was doing every day was that uh, stuff. Honing that skill for the that's, Lord knows what That's why doing. you were there. That's right. So, um, and Sochi was going to mops over at the, uh, at the Methodist church and she was actually in charge of the Bible study group there and was doing some other Bible studies, not just with mops, but with some of the UMW and some of the other ladies there. And, um, someone that she didn't know really well came and said, you know, we're looking for a business administrator at the church. Your husband should apply. I think he, I think he could do the job. And she was like, okay, thanks. I'll tell him. And she was like, like business administrator job. That's, I don't even know what you're saying. Um, so we, you know, I looked into it and I was like, this, this job is great. Um, I don't have anywhere near the experience that they're going to want for this level of, of position. I absolutely think I can do it. I mean, with what I've been doing, I can do it. Uh, and the things I don't know, I believe God's going to give me divine wisdom and the people around me to, to put me in a position. (laughs) I know I just had this confidence that I knew I could do it. Um, but I'd also been to a couple of other interviews from really well, really good jobs that were a good fit for me that I was sure I could do. And I didn't get nowhere with it. Mm -hmm. So I had an interview and I thought it went really well, but I didn't hear anything for, you know, about a month. And, uh, and they'd warned me like, you know, here at the Methodist church, we do things pretty slow. Everything takes a little while. There'll be multiple meetings. There'll be this, there'll be that. So I, I, you know, I wasn't worried about it. They brought me back in. They had another interview and they said, well, you know, we're really we're trying to redefine what the position looks like. A member of the church has stepped forward and is kind of being the interim for us right now. We're really trying to decide if we want it to look like it did before, if we want to split up some duties and responsibilities. And uh, and the, the head of SPRC, Robert Taylor, he said, would you mind if I come back and talk to you in the future? I said, I, I've enjoyed talking to you guys. You can always come back. Another month goes by. So I go back to him and I said, hey, I've got an offer from another for another job. Should I wait or should I take it? And he said, you know, to be honest, we're not in a position to make any kind of decision. You should take it. You should take it. So I started doing this other job, which paid really well. I was working for a plumbing company and I actually had let go of almost everything else. I was still doing the graphic design business because it was side work, you know. Uh, and then I was working this plumbing job, but it's hard work. You're digging ditches, you're mm-hmm. fixing toilets, you're you are doing what's necessary to get the job done. And two months into that, he called me back and he said, I think we need to talk again. And they offered me the job. So it had been four months since my first interview. Mm-hmm. And um, I must have walked around the first two months at First United Methodist Church with the biggest, stupidest grin on my face. (laughs) I literally had just been digging ditches and covered in poo. And I was happy to be doing that. I had one job that was paying me more than the other jobs. 
Now I was doing something that I really enjoyed mm -hmm. and being paid more and around good people. I was like, I am the luckiest schmuck on the face of the well, if you, planet. If you, if you want to know what you look like, just watch Fritz. <laughs> exactly. Yep, I had that same grin that's, when that's, I started there. Because, you know, I had had some jobs. I, I've, I've sold everything in the world. I've had every, I've had every job that you could possibly imagine. Some of them really, really terrible jobs. Um, and some of them I did really well at, like that job that I left because the manager was stealing. I was doing really well there. I really was. I was doing, I was making a lot of money there, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I realized about me, even if it paid really well, it was only going to last so long. It had to matter. It wasn't going to matter. And I didn't know that was a church. Yeah. You know, I, I thought, well, even if it's just some kind of community good, I just, I need it to matter. You know, I mean, I'll take whatever job I got. I got to feed my family. Now I've got two little ones and my wife and, and, you know, she was still staying at home and, um, and, and taking care of them. And it was totally a full-time thing. Cause you had one who was, you know, just getting into school and one was brand new and, you know, um, I just needed it to matter. I get that. And, and so, you know, when I started that job with the, with the Methodist church and I immediately, um, came in and and i think in the first you know 90 days i saved them about seven thousand dollars wow just in making changes of things that they had not thought of doing and all from stupid piecemeal jobs that i have picked up mm -hmm. you know like i'd worked for that publisher so i knew what a really good um contract and a copier looked like and i looked at theirs and i'm like they're charging you what all we're the changed, little details, we're right, changing, Mikey? We're changing this immediately, <laughs> you know. And then I looked at what the the phone bills were. I, I just started going through things, and they were all. It was all the way that God had been setting everything up. All yep. these little things that I had done in all these different arenas. Mm -hmm. Like I immediately started making changes and making positive <laughs> changes, uh, and not just monetary, but also personnel. Sure, they'd had a bunch of. Um, people on short order change out and there was a bunch of, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I should say hurt people. It just, it was a general uneasiness. They didn't know what was going to happen. There's things changing all the time and they were, they weren't comfortable and they were distracted and you can't do anything mm -hmm. when you're distracted. That's right. And I think my personality, I came in and I was just like, listen, I'm just going to get the lay of the land. We're going to do this thing. It's going to be great. I went around with a stupid grin on my face. They believed me. And they're like, look how happy this guy is to be here. And maybe they're like, I should be happy to be here too. Why am I not happy to be here? I love what Pastor Don, she always, she always reminds us. We're sitting in these meetings. She's like, we are so fortunate, each and every one of us, to be here because God could put anybody here to do the things that That's we're doing right. right now. That's right. And I walked around with that attitude. And, and when people got a little bit down because – of whatever the situation was. I'm like, do you know how lucky we are to be here serving the Lord, making a difference? Right. And Purpose. We're like, and we're going to worry about paper clips. Or, no, we're no, we're, we are going to focus on the mission, which is making disciples for Christ. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better thing to do. Amen to that. And I mean, I just, I was fired up every day. I'm seeing, I think Sochi saw it immediately. I came home and it was just a, a different countenance. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
I would go to all these committee meetings and, and the SPRC would check in. That's the Senior Pastor Relations Committee. They would check in and they would say, well, how, how is the job going? And I would tell them, it's still the best job I've ever had. And they'd catch me, uh, Lynn Anders, he loves me. And uh, <laughs> he'll see me and he can tell when I'm having a bad yeah. day because he knows me enough and he'll, yeah. uh, or a difficult day, I'll say not a bad day. How do you love the job now? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say it is still, without a doubt, the best job that I've ever had, and uh, and I still feel that way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm I am so blessed and fortunate to be where I am, mm-hmm. and I couldn't have done that without the road that God put me on. Absolutely, and right. I couldn't have done that without All the support the, of my yep. wife and her pushing me and her yep. encouragement. You know, every time I, oh, I'm, you don't know how many jobs I applied for. And she'd be like, this is the one for you. You're going to get it. You can do this. You could do that with your eyes shut. All the little part-time training courses. That's right. The school of life. You got it. it. I tell you what. I mean, I I am, uh, what is it, jack of of all trades, but master master of of none. none. Yep. I mean, I I know a lot, a a little bit about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it served me well, you know, And and every day I learn more. And um, I'm very fortunate to have landed in a church that has a strong denomination because I have a conference I can call if I have questions. Um, You know, if I went to some smaller church, I would have been able to maybe call someone at other churches that did that because we, we, you know, it's kingdom mindset. You you get a network of people doing the same thing at the other churches, but... It's not the same as having a conference that you can call and be like, hey, can you walk down to the lawyer and ask him if if I can do it like this? Um, and that's just God looking out for me. You know, we, we I work with a bunch of great, great people, and uh, and I'm just so fortunate to be there. And, and so that's a little bit of, of my God story with uh, how it has to do with, with work and, and kind of how far I've come and the, and the great things that we're doing there. We've grown by you know, leaps and bounds just in the time that I've been there. And I'm certainly not going to take credit for that. Um, there's right. a lot of great people and in, in the congregation that has all been working towards that. But I am proud to say that I have been there and, and helped with every bit of that. So, right. That's, uh, I can't describe it, you know, and I sit back on a, on a Sunday morning <clears throat> And we see four services go off without a hitch. It's it's very rewarding. It's uh, like you said. It at that point, it's really not a job for me. It's it's purpose. It's passion. <coughs> you know, we really are lucky to be doing what we're doing. Similar to you, I went through all these questioning God about all these other mm-hmm. jobs that I had, and I picked up skills at every single one of them. Yep. So I'm like you. I'm. You know, uh, jack of all trades, master of maybe one. <laughs> master of God stories. Amen Radio. to that. <laughs> I receive that. All right. Well, that's session 200. Man, session 200 in the can. <laughs> they don't say that anymore. That's no. old school. Real to real in you're, the can. You're old school, honey. Just FYI. Thanks, babe. <laughs> hey. You know who can order off the other side of the menu <laughs> after this year. Oh, that's right. Don't be jelly. I'm 
I'm Don't be so jelly. <laughs> you know who's going to get the AARP duffel bag, and you're going to want to borrow it. So you just keep it down over there. I'll try. Don't be jelly. I will try. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, we are so blessed, aren't we? Yes, we, we are. are. Gosh, I love that testimony because right. uh, it just, uh, just, I just takes me back. I just love doing this. Right? I just, I do. I look, it is, it's something I look forward to each week. And to think that I was going to give up on it a few years ago. And you know what's funny too is each and every story impacts us as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was so uh, encouraged I, last week. I have a takeaway from every single story and mm-hmm. I, I spend the week just, um, you know, like I'll, I'll meditate on what you said tonight. I mean, there were some things I took away from your testimony that just absolutely blessed me. Because I've been there, and we've been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, to keep to keep moving forward into your destiny, the direction that God has put you, you have to be uniquely positioned to look back long enough to remember all that He's brought you through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so easy to get focused on what you're stepping in right that second. You won't even look up to see the goal. You won't even look back to see everywhere that God's brought you through. And I think that's what's great about this show. Each one of these people, it's given them an opportunity to look back and be like, dang, look at all the great things that God has done for me. And you look at the people, you know, the nation of Israel in the desert. They were looking at all the stuff going on that day. They weren't even that far from the promised land. <laughs> they weren't even, you know, know that, right? that far from a sea splitting open. Right. And they just... They just, they weren't looking back. They weren't no, looking no. ahead. They just staring at their feet and being like, yeah, they gave I'm, up. I'm tired of being out here in the dirt. You know, we just, we need to remind ourselves. Mm-hmm. God's got a destiny for each of us. We're all headed somewhere. Somewhere. Keep your eyes up. And if you need to look back, don't look back at the bad. Look back at all the great things God has brought you through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And keep your feet moving. Always remember where you came from. Boy, I do on a daily basis when I walk that campus. I said, I'm so lucky to be here. <laughs> I really am. Amen. So, uh, amen to that. Session 200, guys. In the what can. You, in the can, as I would say. <laughs> You're right on. <laughs> and I just want to take this opportunity to thank each and every person that listens, that prays for us, that sows seeds financially. Uh, that encourages into the ministry, us. Encourages us. Thank you. Thank you yes, for helping you. us to continue to go into year six. And Absolutely. Uh, I mean, be, remember the first two and a half years, we didn't get nothing. We didn't hear from anybody. Nobody. Nothing. Right? We didn't even know anybody was listening. We didn't. We, that's two what we thought. Two and a half years. Nope. Who's listening? Then all of a sudden, the, the Somebody sent heavens something opened up. And did. And just, we've been encouraged left and right. Amen. We really have. Oh, man. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to everybody that hung on with us on uh, Mixler tonight. I mean, you dialed into a good one, as I always say. Thanks for uh, tuning in with us. Listen, if you uh, want to share your testimony, if God has pricked your heart and you're feeling uh, that it's time, drop us a line at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. If you want to get booked on the show, it's simply godstoriesradiotina at gmail.com. And what else can they do, Mikey? They can tweet us. They can tweet us on Twitter. And then uh, like us on Facebook. Yes. And uh, we just uh, love to do the shout-outs, and we love uh, everybody being part of the GSR family. And uh, just thank you 
for five years and 200 sessions. I just can't wait to I see uh, what God's got next. Thank you to Stephen and Sochi Elmore. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing you, uh, session 200 no, with it's us. It's my pleasure. And we really appreciate it. Thank you for your testimonies. Sochi Testimony 192. Right. So get over there and listen to that one as well. All right. Well, that wraps it up for session 200. Glad you've been with us. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. For anything that is not of you and is of me, I want more of you and less of me. I want more.